Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 216. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Moonshots family. Good morning, members and listeners. Boy, do we have another action-packed episode for all of our listeners and everybody consuming the show today, Mike, don't we? I think the only way I can answer this is yosh. Yosh. So ending, sadly, Mike, our series on Japan. And as a quick reminder, we've gone through the life-changing magic of tidying with Marie Kondo. We did the Japanese secret to a long and happy life. Spoiler alert. The secret is Ikigai with Hector Garcia. Today, we are diving into the spirit and creating something of lasting effect, the spirit of Kaizen, authored by Robert Maurer, but really brought to life by a range of different businesses, as well as individuals who can help you and I, as well as our listeners, start to put into practice, maybe, Mike, this very, very substantial, but also very small day-by-day habits of Well, this is really the twist, isn't it, Mark, that Kaizen is both big and small all at the same time. I'll give you another twist on Kaizen, a great practice of letting small things, you know, build up into great results. The crazy thing is it works not only in your personal life, but your professional life. It is, to me, one of the biggest patterns that we've seen in 216 shows that we see all around the world, across different genres, categories, industries, different types of experts. And that is the consistency of doing small things every day has enormous effect. I'm thinking, Atomic Habits, James Clear, I'm thinking, do you remember the compound effect, which was specific for entrepreneurs? Mm, With Darren Hardy. Yeah, exactly. So no matter where you go, the evidence points to the consistency of habit and doing small things continuously over time for great effect. And we have both a doctor and a researcher and a very famous author who has gone and studied both sides of this equation for us. So we can understand how you do it. But I also think what's really, really good, Mark, is we get to study why it works so well. And I think this is so important because so many of us harbor big dreams, but the great irony is the best thing to do is to start small in order to realize your big dreams. And I think this catches so many of us out, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah, I totally agree. I think the the call out that we are going to learn today in show number 216 is similar, exactly as you say, Mike, to this concept of starting small, such as we found in the compound effect. And I think what's really attractive to me with regards to Kaizen is there's no hyperbole. There's no gimmicks. It's no overnight get rich quick schemes. It is just about breaking things down, things that perhaps you started to uncover during our goal setting series with KPIs and some Mm. productivity and actually putting it into action and determining how can we go out and try to be maybe that best version of ourselves without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling fear, without feeling as though it's just too much and therefore we want to give it up. Yes. I think there's a lot we can learn from this. 
I think, you know, for all of our listeners and our members, if, if you harbor some really big dreams and ambitions and are wondering where might you start or whether you need a little reminder on your journey, if you're already off to the races, this is the show for you. We are going to get into this idea of how small changes deliver big results. And Mark, I think it would only be appropriate to start with Robert Mora himself, don't you? I think you're totally right, Mike. So listeners and members, we are going to dive into this spirit of Kaizen by hearing from the author, uh, the doctor, Robert Mora, who breaks down exactly why he got interested in Kaizen. How did you get interested in Kaizen to even start to think of these things? Well, it was one of those things where your life is not your business and and you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. But my major research passion, because I work in a medical clinic, is trying to understand what makes people successful. If you look at the history of the plagues, Michael, smallpox, cholera, malaria, yellow fever, everyone was cured by looking at who wasn't getting sick and trying to figure out what made them different. So my research team at UCLA, we began collecting studies from around the world that were following people anywhere from 15 to 75 years to see which of these people in the face of adversity and challenge and setbacks would ultimately succeed not just in their work, not just in their health, not just in their relationship, but in all three. And we found very exciting consistency across all the studies. And then one day I, I saw an ad for the, the, the Lexus automobile and for the umpteenth year in a row, it was the highest quality car. And I thought maybe there's something about the way people build cars successfully mm-hmm. that meta- metaphorically I could use. So began studying how Lexus got the ideas that made them such quality products. They learned it from an American named Edward Deming who taught them that if you're going to make quality uh, improvements in your life, start with extremely small steps and build them one small step at a time, which Toyota embraced and gave it the name Kaizen, which literally means Zen, of course, is change. Kai means good, good change. And so I started looking at all the research around the world on people who were making extremely small steps when they wanted to accomplish large goals. Whereas in our, in our culture, as you know, we have this extreme makeover, supersize, Dolby 70 millimeters approach to life, big problem, big solution. And as all of us have discovered, sometimes those big steps lead to big falls. Big steps, big falls. There is mm-hmm. like, this is like straight off to the races with Robert Mara And Mark, what I love is like, I mean, you don't get much closer to the heart of what we're doing here on the Moonshots podcast with our members and listeners than trying to be not only the best personally, but trying to be at our best professionally as well. And I love the fact that we found a guy who's been studying millions of people, mm. millions of companies around the world, and he found the pattern uh, and he's sort of pulled it all together in one body of work. I actually think that this idea of making good change every day is everything we're trying to learn out loud together on this show. This is what we're all trying to get done, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, it's it's the ambition that I think we have with learning out loud as well as cultivating a growth mindset. You know, when we hear from Robert Maurer in that first clip, the thing that strikes me 
is, well, first of all, the amount of work that he put in to mm. find this, this secret. And I think of all the moonshots individuals that we've dug into, those uh, member, those uh, individuals who do the research and pull together lots of time and effort are the ones that really stand out to us as being so interesting, Mike. And I think the reason why is because they're curious. They're putting in that work to try and uncover those secret little uh, tips and tricks, those secret habits perhaps, that then lead to great success. And what I think is really interesting with the idea of Kaizen, as well as that first clip, is the call out that to achieve big things, it can start small. It mm. doesn't need to be the big overnight successes that I think a lot of us uh, you know, see on maybe digital media, uh, in the news, um, our favorite celebrities and so on. Mm. I think the story that Robert Mara says about Lexus and then he goes on to build with uh, Dr. W. Edwards Deming and his work on uh, naming, I suppose you could say, the idea of Kaizen after he identified those principles that the, the Japanese teams were putting into practice is that it can be that small little um, inches, let's say, that then lead to the big, big successes that a car manufacturer mm. might be able to go out and, and you know, report on their annual <laughs> annual reviews. Yeah, and and just one call out there is uh, Mara was was talking about not just these people achieving really great things in their health, but their mind, uh, in their relationships, which you know I think we really strongly have seen a relationship between this sort of holistic look at being the best version of yourselves. You can't possibly say that, oh, I'm going to be incredibly unhealthy, yet I'm going to be a high performer at work. Those mm. things just don't go together. And we're so lucky to study the work of Robert Mara today and find out, well, what does this look like? How do we do it? And that's the question we always ask. The other question that we love to ask is, what small contribution can you, our listeners, make? And we are very lucky, Mark. We have a lot of members who every single month give up one cup of coffee uh, in order to support our show uh, and to be part of this journey learning out loud. But as officially, we would always do in a Moonshot show, Mark, I believe we need to tip the hat to, to our members and to our patrons. That's right. Da, 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 da. Tipping our hat and introducing our Moonshots members and subscribers, those individuals who are part of the Moonshots family day in, day out, helping us make those small incremental steps include Bob, John, Terry, Marjolin, Ken, Dietmar, Marjan and Connor, Yasmin, Lisa, Sid and Mr. Bonjour, our annual members a special high five and lots of uh, good wishes and karma from us for those individuals. But who's next on that list within the annual memberships include Paul and Berg, Kalman, David, Joe, Crystal, Ivo and Christian, Samuela, Kelly, Barbara and Andre, Matthew, Eric, Abby and Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Steve and Craig, Javier, Daniel, Andrew and Ravi, Yvette, LGV, Karen, Raul, PJ, Nikwara, Ola and Ingram, Dirk, Emily, Harry and Karthik, Venkata, Vipara, Marco and Sundus, Jet, Pablo, Roger and Steph, and our brand new members, a special da, 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 to Anna and Gabir. Thank you for recently demonstrating your desire 
to learn out loud with us by joining us as Moonshots members. And, um, you know, you're pretty lucky, uh, Gabby Anana, you received a double trumpet from Mark, which I don't believe has <laughs> ever happened in the history of this Moonshots podcast. And uh, the, um, the uh, accounts and administrations team did highlight to me that uh, we do need to call out a special uh, tip of the hat to Kalman, Berg and Paul, who have all had their official Moonshots anniversary. That's right. They've been members for over the year. So we are delighted to bring out the party poppers, the birthday cake. It's a celebration for Kalman, Berg and Paul. Thank you so much for your support because without you guys, we couldn't afford to be producing this podcast because it actually takes us quite a lot of cash, time, effort, and tools, and it's your contributions that help us fund all of those so we can learn out loud together. So this brings us to the perfect moment to say, well, now that we are together, now that we've got the birthday cakes, we've had the double trumpets, it is time to go back to Robert Mara and really find out, well, what is life all about? And he would propose... It's all about the small moments. Do you have a final message for people out there who are, uh, maybe they have some creative dreams uh, that they want to follow and Kaizen might be able to help them? To think in terms of um, paying attention to each moment. Um, Mother Teresa said it beautifully when she said um, that life is a series of small moments. So that um, each moment you have a chance to be kind to somebody, each chance you have a chance to look and see um, what's working in your life and what isn't, and taking life a moment at a time, we are in such a hurry to move forward you know, that, that we sometimes miss the very pleasure that we have in that moment the way children see it. So to, to, slow, to slow down our thought process, if not our physical activity, so that you can see what's happening in each moment. So to, I mean, kind of feel what is going on and, and be, uh, I mean, that happens to me when I'm having these conversations sometimes is that I'm looking at the clock and I'm trying to remind myself to really be in the conversation. I think, Mike, what's great about that clip is it's not only a reinforcer of the idea of Kaizen, but it's also a reminder of something that we should all try and actively put into our lives when we are trying to deliver perhaps our best work, but also when we're just trying to live our lives, when we're trying to create interesting products, when we're trying to educate our children or those around us. And what I like about where Robert Mara goes there, you know, he references Mother Teresa. I'm getting a, a real vibe of Eckhart Tolle, of course. I was going to say, well. Mark, he, he got all <laughs> mindful. I mean, it's a whole nother side of Kaizen, right? Rather than just the small habits, it's, it's all about being present in the here and now. And you're absolutely right. Eckhart Tolle would be so proud of us. I think it's very, again, interesting how we have, I think, structured and learned through the Moonshot Show, including people like Eckhart Tolle, the value of being present. And what I mean by that is just paying attention to your surroundings, uh, possibly maybe even a little bit of Cal Newport, the digital minimalism instead, rather than being distracted by lots and lots of different things. You have to create the environment proactively to do your best work. I think what I'm hearing from um, Robert Maurer, by extension, Mother Teresa, is slowing down. There's no need to run through life. 
there's no need to be disappointed. And I think this is going to be the big insight that we're going to run into a couple of times on today's show, Mike. There's no need to be disappointed when you don't reach your destination so fast. And what I mean by that is you're not suddenly uh, the most successful boss around. You're not driving the Tesla. You're not um, the number one podcast in all of the world, Mike. It's something that we can achieve over time, perhaps, <laughs> but it's it's enjoying the journey. It's slowing yes. down and, in, and noticing those small achievements that we have, such as our beautiful members joining us week in, week out. Yes. It's noticing those moments, isn't it? Yeah. I, so I think the question then becomes like, how do you, let's, let's assume that you're all powered up on Kaizen. Let's say you're all powered up on Atomic Habits by James Clear and you're really ripping at it and you've got like good daily habits. Maybe you wake up in the morning, and you journal, maybe you wake up in the morning and you work out. This other side that Robert Maurer is presenting to us is about being present in those small steps and small habits. How do you keep yourself mm. present, Mark? Like what are you doing to be in the here and now and to be clear, not being distracted or not being disconnected? How do you how do you do it? Well, it's one of my favorite favorite topics, Mike. You know, we've we've dug into this idea of productivity and so on. Um, a lot on the show. And for me, I've noticed that during the course of, you know, a few weeks and months of understanding and learning and valuing the benefit of being able to stay in that moment rather than, you know, getting distracted by lots of different things is the positive impact it can have. So what I now notice when I'm getting into a moment where I have to deliver some good work, you know, for example, I've got a few things to do today on my to-do list. An easy uh, behavior for me, at least, which I've recognized over the years through the course of reflecting, of journaling, of writing down perhaps moments when I do get distracted, but also just, you know, noticing, okay, well, when do I feel the most um, distracted is those moments when I let my mind get a little bit overwhelmed and it doesn't know where to start. Instead, what one of the practices that I try and put into place in order to stay in the moment, and by extension to use Eckhart Tolle's language, you know, present and be in the now, is through uh, documenting. And what I mean by that is, yes, there's journaling. That's a very good practice mm. and one that we do, but more productivity orientated, you know, more uh, from a perspective of what am I going to do today is my to-do list for the day. And we've spoken about this a little bit on the show before is creating a priority list that I know I have to get done today or this morning in a certain period of time, regardless of emails, chats, Slack, WhatsApp, regardless of any other things that come across my plate. What are the essential things I need to do today? What are the things I need to be in the moment to go out and deliver? So, so are you saying that your, if you will, mindfulness, your being present is about clarity on what you should be doing right now? You got it. Exactly. So the clarity right. might come through in a very physical way, such as a to-do list. 
Mm. And I use both digital as well as physical to-do lists. I use Todoist, the um, the online browser app. Big fans, aren't we? We're which big is fans of Todoist, particularly for collaboration. Yeah, big, big fan. And actually, we haven't called out Todoist on the on the show for a while. Um, but also, I, I use physical, so maybe it's poster notes, whiteboards, and so on. And I find a combination of those help me stay on track, I think is the key word. And what I find for me, at least Mike, when I'm on track, I'm able to stay present. I'm able to notice the things that are around me because I know I'm working towards that destination. When you remove, for me at least, the the, the to-doists, the whiteboard, the lack of clarity over what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm stuck in my own brain because I can't, I'm not sure which way to go. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me build on this. So you've, out of the million options that we all have, you've got a clear sense of priorities and what you're going to do today. You're in the process of doing one of those activities, but we have so many distractions. In fact, you could be doing that thing, but actually thinking about something else. How do you go that next step? Is there is there anything you do to kind of bring yourself completely and mm. totally into that moment? Yeah, absolutely. So when I'm in the moment and I need to be focused, when I need to make those small incremental changes, let's say, for um, a particular job or project and so on, is I need to feel physically as though I'm in that space. So again, uh, let me let me take you on the journey, Mike. Hopefully I won't get too meta. When I'm feeling overwhelmed and there's too many things to do, my body tends to uh, internalize. It's trying mm-hmm. to compute. So therefore the physical elements, i.e. where I am, what's mm-hmm. around me, the uh, blue sky, the temperature in the room, all of that goes out the window from a, an emotional perspective. I won't pay right. attention to that. You're so caught up in the, uh, either the distraction or the, the, uh, the eagerness to get something, uh, mm. done, you lose connection with the world around you. Now, what's quite interesting about that is what you're touching upon is what we call the mindfulness senses. Mm. And it is the most powerful way to cut through and bring yourself into the moment. So if you are making small steps that are part of a bigger goal, you can get the most out of them if you focus on what's around you. It's exactly what you said. But if you pay attention and bring your mind to the things you hear, smell, see, taste, and touch, this can bring you directly into the moment. It stops you from thinking, oh, and in 45 minutes I've got to do a call. Mm. It's like, no, I'm here right now. I can feel the softness of the carpet on my feet. I can feel the firmness of the chair. I can smell that late summer crispness of the trees. You know, I hear the birds chirping. These are all ways of bringing yourself back into the present. And how good is this, Mark? If you think about it, you've got You've awoken to this big dream and ambition that you have in life to be the best version of yourself. You're going to, you've crossed the Rubicon. You're going to go for it. You're going to make your, you're going to step into the arena as Brene Brown would say. And then you adapt, you adopt, and you participate in positive habits. You do small things for big results over time, but you can use mindfulness, 
which we studied with Eckhart Tolle and many others, to bring yourself into those moments. So not only do you know it's part of a longer term goal, but you can actually enjoy it for all the goodness that it has, regardless of the fact that it just happens to be a step on the way to your fulfilling what you want your life to be. Mm. You can just enjoy the completeness of the moment. And I think Robert Maurer would be damn impressed if we could do that, right? Yes, exactly. And I think what's interesting for me as I reflect on my career, but to a bigger extent, maybe even my life, you know, with school and and college and, and so on, you don't necessarily, nobody really tells you to stay present. You know, obviously people tell you to plan, what are you going to do in the future? What's your career? What are you going to study? And so on. And it's all about getting to the next point, isn't it? The next Mm. point is to pass my exam. The next point is to get into a good college. The next point is to find a partner. The next point is, and so on and so forth. And I think to build on what you were just saying, Mike, and this was something that I only really learned quite quite, uh, recently over the past couple of years, by slowing down and noticing those moments, the smell of the spring flowers, the birds, and so on, you do better work don't you? And you enjoy it far, far more because suddenly your life has the, the richness of trying to learn that new skill to pull into uh, practice a show document for the Moonshot show to find the clips that you and I can discuss with our listeners and members. And by slowing down and really noticing those moments rather than thinking, what else do I need to do later today? What else do I need to do this week? Am I going in the right direction? There's time for that. But by breaking it down into those small incremental moments, as Robert Mara would say, it can be a lot more enjoyable, can't it? It certainly can. And, you know, who wants to spend life um, worrying about the future? Like the future will be what it's going to be. Or ruminating and dwelling on, you know, past misdemeanors, mistakes, regrets, whatever, like at a certain point you need to like let go of the past because it will just keep pulling you back to the past. Mm. And you also need to like, well, I just need to put in the best effort I can today, here and now, and I don't need to worry about the future, right? I'll have done my best effort. Um, So if you are enjoying this little side tangent, I have to say, Mark, uh, I would advise our members and listeners to head over to moonshots.io and check out episode 123, where we went very deep into the power of now uh, with the author of that said book, Eckhart Tolle. Um, And you can enjoy us getting right into that and overcoming all those little whispers in the back of our mind, uh, letting our ego run rampant. Um, So it's a great study of how to bring yourself into the now, which is very fitting because Robert Maurer has presented to us not only a way to be better in our personal lives, but also in our professional lives. He's even thrown in some mindfulness. Mark, I'm wondering, is there anything more that we can learn from Robert Maurer, the author of The Spirit of Kaizen? I think we certainly can, Mike. I think we've made the case as to the value and the power of, let's say, starting small or thinking about things in a much smaller fashion and considering how we go out and approach those big things by attaching 
uh, success to those small moments and so on. I think now what I really want to try and dig into is how you and I can put it into practice. So we found this great clip from Aurelius Tijin who breaks down, and as we're going to dig into uh, the clip now, the practical value of those small improvements and how we can all get 1% better each day. When you start a new venture, trying to learn a new skill or perhaps improve on an area of your life, it's quite exciting thinking about the big picture and the big goals and ambitions that you have. However, this can backfire because when we don't get there, we get discouraged and then we end up giving up. So in this video, I want to share with you a simple technique that's going to help you reach your goals without feeling burnt out, overwhelmed and discouraged. An advice you've probably heard of is to have big audacious goals and to think big. Although there's nothing wrong with this and you should have, you know, a big dream and that North Star to always head for. But in order to get to our ultimate goal, we need to make small steps. There's a Japanese term called Kaizen, which simply means continuous improvement. The Kaizen method can be used in all aspects of your life, including your finances, your relationships, business or work, and of course yourself. The theory goes if you make 1% improvements every day for a year, you'll get 37 times better at that skill or whatever it is that you're trying to improve on. To give you an example, I started calisthenics, which is a form of exercise that involves using your body weight only. My goal was to be able to do a muscle up, which is simply a chin up. And as you are up on the bar, you push yourself up. Of course, at first I failed and I failed many times and weeks had gone by and I simply couldn't even do one muscle up. So what I did instead is to make incremental steps towards doing a muscle up. In calisthenics, this is called progression. So before you even attempt to do muscle ups, you have to first get the basics down This means being able to do some chin-ups and dips and other exercises that play a role in a muscle-up. Once I had the basics down, I was finally able to do my first muscle-up. To give you another example, when I started my YouTube channel, I had no idea what I was doing. When I compare one of my first videos to one of the latest videos, I can see all those incremental changes that I made towards making better video. The camera, audio and lighting is one thing, but also being able to speak in front of a camera was another skill to learn. Instead of overwhelming myself with all these things that I had to learn, I just try to improve with every video that I put out. This could be a small tweak with the camera, audio or lighting, or even the angle of where I'm sitting. If you're trying to get into the habit of reading, It may be overwhelming trying to aim for, let's say, two books a month. Instead of doing that, why not aim just to read a chapter a week or a chapter a day, depending how much time you've got. Instead of putting so much pressure on yourself trying to finish that book, why not really dive yourself into that chapter or that page? The reason why many people fail and give up is because they're looking for that quick fix. They want to go straight to the good stuff without going through the necessary steps and processes to attain success. So remember, if you're ever feeling overwhelmed with the thought of reaching this big goal, instead what you should do and refer to is the Kaizen method. It's those small, incremental and continuous steps that you take that produce big results. Oh, Mark, no quick fixes. That has to be like the mantra here. Mm. And it's so tempting, isn't it? to set wildly ambitious goals and then think that they're going to happen overnight. Um, And if you think about it, if you, and again, I like what Aurelius said, don't, there's nothing wrong with dreaming big, Mm -hmm. but it's almost to me, like if I dream big about something, 
then I almost kind of, once I've had that dream and that North Star, I lock it away and I try and transition into manifesting it in the day. And the key for me is to knowing that this activity I did today is related to, connected to part of that big dream, makes it feel good and satisfying. And like the the mental toughness here is not only the courage to dream big and to plan daily habits, but I think at the core it is to celebrate not only, let's say uh, he was talking about doing pull-ups on the bar, right? It's not only I'm going to achieve a certain goal, maybe it's 100 pull-ups. And then so today I start with just doing the shoulder uh, routine to get strong before I can even do one. But I think the highest form of Kaizen is being ready to enjoy, and this is key, to enjoy the fact that today was really hard. Mm -hmm. And if you can get yourself to that point where today was really hard, it wasn't much fun, it wasn't uh, pleasant, and I think we we have way too much of a bias as humans for it for things to be pleasant. If you can unlock a part of your mindset which actually says, "Oh, that's good. I really struggled today, so therefore I must have been learning. I must have been growing, and that's going to make me better, and that's going to help me achieve my goal." I think this is the mental space which separates those that are good and those that are great. Because you can say, hey, I'm going to get 1% better today. And then you're going to go, oh, I'm just going to stick with a pleasant workout, right? Because you could do that, couldn't you, Mark? You could just say, I'll I'll just go for pleasant. I won't really run really long in the heat. I'll Mm. just do a quick little run in the morning, you know, nice and easy, pleasant. (laughs) <laughs> that's tempting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's, for me, and I, I love where you're, where you're going with this, Mike, and I, I totally agree. The idea of mental toughness, the idea of celebrating the small wins helps me compartmentalize the effort that then goes into trying to achieve that ultimate goal. So to say it in, a, in another way, when I have uh, perhaps found something very, very difficult. Let's see, I'll, I'll focus on a career perspective for now because mm. it's quite tangible. A project that maybe doesn't quite work out, uh, an individual who kind of grates um, challenges in delivery, that sort of thing. It always feels like it's the end of the world rather than the emotion that I feel maybe six hours, six weeks, six months down the line post the event where I can reflect on it and think I've become a little bit stronger there. I now have the experience from that uh, bad experience Mm. to become better at what I do. Mm. And what I'm hearing from that clip from Aurelius, this idea of the 1% better a day, as well as the spirit of Kaizen, is that failure i.e. the act of something not quite going to plan 
should not lead to us giving up. It should not lead to an overwhelming sense of disappointment. Instead, and I think this is way uh, to build on what you were saying, Mike, celebrate those moments, celebrate that journey of uh, failure. You know, the, uh, the idea of uh, starting small allows us to not necessarily think that every failure is a failure. If we have those small moments, such as doing one pull-up or such as running one kilometer, mm. you can feel good about yourself along the way. Instead, if you are attaching success to, oh, we launched a project, it was the best thing ever, um, it was in all of the marketing magazines, oh, it was the number one app around the world, whatever it might be, whatever that ultimate goal in or dream in your mind you might have, when you remove that sort of let's say ambition, which I think it probably is, suddenly it feels much more like a journey as we were talking about earlier in the show. Mm. Break it down so that you can see each of the crossroads or the, the you know, the signposts along the road that you're, you're going down. And it suddenly becomes a lot more fun, doesn't it? It does. And it, like, there's a couple of reinforcing techniques that I use, which is, um, you know, uh, the classic story of you go to the gym and then the next day you're really sore, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, basically that's your muscles. Uh, they're growing back, but they actually grow back a little bit bigger than they were before. Right. So if you encounter discomfort, if you can pre-program yourself to say, Oh, good. This is really uncomfortable. I must be learning, growing, and getting better, bigger, better, faster, stronger, whatever the appropriate verb is. Like to me, this, if you can prepare yourself for that, for example, if you know you're going to go on a run, and they say it's a long run, or you're going to go on a long swim, what you do is you can visualize yourself finishing, but equally visualize and prepare yourself for continuing to run, continuing to swim when it hurts. I'll go one better. That you visualize the moment where you feel like stopping, but you don't. Mm. Now, this is really interesting because, you know, we, we are presented with so much overnight success stories, side hustles, stories, quick fix stories. It's too good to be true stories, right? Take a pill and everything's fixed, right? That kind of story. Mm. If you can shift away from, if only I could win the lottery, life would be so much easier. Remember Jim Carrey says, I wish people could win the lottery and have everything they wanted because they'll realize that that's not what's going to make them happy, right? <laughs> it is so, mm. this is such a key moment that if you can overcome your programming and, you know, your, your desire to survive and to have nice, pleasant things because that's kind of your body saying, hey, I need to survive. Let's keep this nice and easy, right? Mm -hmm. If you can say, no way, I am going to keep going when I'm uncomfortable, when it hurts, right? Mm -hmm. If you actually have a visualization of that, then we all know when we do, when we create a new company, when we do an ambitious fitness goal, 
we all know there's going to be the valley of darkness. And so many of us, and I am so guilty of, you know, in life, when the valley of darkness comes, I run for the hills, Mark. <laughs> you know, and what do we do, Mark? What do we do when it's getting really hard? We blame others. We say, oh, I don't really want to do this. We come up with all these excuses, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, guilty of it, Mike. You know, when something hits the fan, what do you do? Yeah, you, you look for a, a way out. Blame. You look for the way out. Yeah. Or maybe what you do uh, is put your head under, quit your job, um, close the laptop and, and go to the pub. Yeah. You know, there's so many avenues for escapism yes. that can be beyond just internalizing it all. It's physical, physical mm-hmm. manifestations of literally running away, isn't it? Totally. So imagine if you knew you were doing something ambitious and you said, oh, um, I'm not going to hope for a quick fix here. I've got this big goal. I'm going to have lots of small, repeatable daily habits and I'm going to grind my way there. In fact, I'm going to visualize myself when I feel like stopping, I'm going to keep going with my business, with my fitness goal, whatever it is. Or maybe it's working through a tough relationship because it really matters grind through, make the effort, visualize yourself in the moment, in that valley of darkness. You should check out the hero's journey. Just Google Google that. Um, When you're in your hero's journey and, you know, you've come over the peak of inflated expectation and you come crashing down to reality, uh, what is commonly called the honeymoon is over and now it's tough. Mm. Do One thing, visualize yourself sticking with the positive habits, staying on course, and just say to yourself, oh, it's hurting, it's good. What does Yako Willing say, Mark, when problems come? Good. Good. (laughs) Build this muscle and you will be able to stay the course. Build this muscle and you won't give in to what is genetically programmed into us, which is survival, the search for the pleasantness. And we've got a great clip now that's talking about exactly this and it's how it manifests in our life. And it's called the fight or flight response. So why is Kaizen such an effective strategy for change? Well, when we use Kaizen, when we take embarrassingly small steps towards a goal, we tippy-toe past the amygdala's fear detection system and avoid activating our fight or flight response. This removes the urge to distract ourselves and allows us to take action without the fear of failure. The more action we take, the quicker we lay the foundation for new positive habits. Robert says that with Kaizen, your resistance to change begins to weaken. Where once you may have been daunted by change, your new mental software will have you moving towards your ultimate goal at a pace that may well exceed your expectations. If you would like to experience the extraordinary power of Kaizen, here are two counterintuitive ways to get started. First, start by asking smaller questions. When Michael Andace, award-winning author of The English Patient, wants to create a compelling character for his new book, he doesn't think, how can I create a fascinating character that my readers will love? He simply thinks of a scene, like a plane crash, and asks himself a few small and specific questions, like, who is the man in the plane? Why is he there? Why does he crash? These questions are small and playful. The mind has fun coming up with answers to these types of questions. When I want to read a new book in hopes of learning something to improve my life, I start by asking myself, what are some interesting chapter titles in this book? 
After opening the book and finding one interesting chapter title, I ask myself, what's one interesting story or example in this chapter? Soon I find a story and that leads to more questions. Eventually I get through an entire book, but rarely in a sequential order. Notice how this is different than if I ask myself, how can I read this entire book and improve my life? It would seem like a big undertaking and I would put it off until I had more time or I felt like doing it. So the next time you find yourself asking big questions and feeling anxious, shrink the question. Ask questions like, what's the very next thing? Or what's just one thing I can do to get started? The second way to start adopting a Kaizen mindset is to start focusing on smaller rewards. In the book, Robert talks about a businessman named Jack Stupp, who had developed severe rheumatoid arthritis and was hospitalized with over 20 swollen joints. His doctors advised him to avoid exercise at all times. But Jack was stubborn, and he started taking small steps by giving himself small rewards along the way. Every morning, he told himself that all he had to do was get out of bed. When he got out of bed and stood upright, he would give himself a short and sincere compliment, like, attaboy, Jack. Then he'd walk down the street to the gym by focusing on having an enjoyable conversation with the staff there. Once on the treadmill, Jack started by walking for just two minutes and rewarded himself with more praise and encouragement. Robert says that by the time he met Jack, he was in his 70s and he had won the Mr. World Bodybuilding Contest for his age division. I've learned that using small rewards works very well when running a marathon. Instead of focusing on the satisfaction of finishing a marathon, I focus on a small reward every mile by getting to listen to one of my favorite songs. By asking small questions and using small rewards that seem silly in the moment, you're actually implementing a brilliant strategy to achieve large goals. Mike, this might be the big takeaway. I know I don't want to jump to the end of the show <laughs> and discuss the, uh, the elements um. sticking with me, but already, and I'm sure our listeners and members would agree, the productivity game breakdown that we just heard there, specifically around how to avoid your fight or flight response mm. is very, very practical. And those two questions, one, ask smaller questions and two, focus on smaller rewards. I can already see myself trying to put it into practice. I can already see myself, as similarly to what we've already spoken about on today's show, put into practice those elements or habits uh, from a um, focusing on each moment perspective, you know, we spoke about to-do lists and, and, you know, mm. the feel of carpet and so on, but actually when it comes to delivering work, let's say, or ambition and objective vision, legacy of life, asking those smaller questions and rewarding yourself for maybe achieving small moments, such as a cold shower each day or running, uh, 500 meters more than you did yesterday, perhaps in order to unlock, you know, maybe it's just a attaboy. It's a pat on the back. Yeah. Buying yourself a car or anything like that. It's small reinforcements, mantras, perhaps. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how if you go small, you bypass like that whole fight or flight response. So you shift from like, if I say to you, if you haven't run, if you're like, you're not a runner. Okay. Imagine this. And I say to you, run 10 Ks, run 10 miles. Right. Mm. I think that instantly triggers. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh man. That's no way I could do that. That's way too long. Right. Mm. Yes. But if I say to you, Hey, 
I bet you couldn't run 100 metres. You'd be like, yeah, sure, okay, I'll run 100 metres, no problem. Notice how it instantly goes in a different way, bypasses a part of the survival gene, if you will, and it becomes playful. Sure, I can do it. You want me to do it backwards, right? You know, (laughs) to me, that is such a powerful way of understanding why Kaizen works so well is the resistance to, you know, walking or running a very small distance and every day improving that by small increments. If you do that every day, you know, before, before long, you will find out that you've actually come a long way. And it is so true that it becomes like, it's almost if I say to you, you know, can you run a hundred meters? You're like, the curiosity takes over because you're like, mm. well, of course, it's only 100 meters. When I start saying a mile, a kilometer, five or 10, like I remember uh, the serious doubt I had when my friend first suggested to me a few years ago that we run a marathon together. And mm. I was like, oh boy. Like I went straight to fight or flight. I was like, I don't think I can do that. And you know what? I did it. And I started running and it builds up and did it lots and lots and lots of uh, Kaizen small steps and stumbles along the way. And, and, and now I'm, I'm hooked. But the crazy thing is, Mark, we talk a lot about this being something that you can do in your personal life, but it can work professionally too. It works on the other side, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really does. And I mean, we've got one more clip, Mike, that brings us uh, to a point where we are putting into practice this idea, this spirit of Kaizen, those small little steps, maybe those little rewards along the way by asking those smaller questions of ourselves. Uh, When we hear from James May, and he does a great breakdown, as we're going to hear, into Toyota. So let's hear from uh, James May about Toyota and how they use Kaizen. At the Toyota factory in Derby, every day begins with a strange ritual. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Apparently, these early morning exercises are a way of stimulating productivity. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yosh. Yosh. (laughs) In fact, Toyota are obsessed with their quest for continuous improvement. It's a principle of the Japanese philosophy of lean production called Kaizen. Pioneered by Toyota, today it's used throughout the industry. Toyota have tried to Kaizen every single part of their production system, looking for ways to make it as efficient as possible. Take these ingenious machines. They deliver windscreens to the line, so Toyota's workers don't waste time fetching and carrying them. Each has its own song, so you hear them coming. This one's called Google. Google is Dave's brainchild. This all looks a bit quite homemade, is it? Have you made these? We made it all made in house. That's steered by a wiper motor of an Avensis. Oh, is it? Yes. So is there an Avensis driving around somewhere with one stuck window? No, no, we have have plenty of spare parts. You're not supposed to have spare parts. That's (laughs) not just in time. How long before they get together and take over the world? Hopefully not in my working life. (laughs) I'm getting quite fond of these singing Kaizen creations. Rather melancholy. Sets off on its lonely journey back to the windscreen fill-up point. 
playing its mournful, baleful tune as it goes. Nobody cares. It's not the robots like Dougal that are clever here. It's the people who invented them. Kaizen is a team effort. Toyota encourage all their employees to come up with two Kaizens every month. And today, that includes me. But before I can come up with a Kaizen, I need to learn how to do a job in the first place. So I'm getting a crash course in steering wheel building under the watchful eye of Toyota's Kaizen guru, Gary Newington. So this is a real-life situation. Part of the production. Part of the production here. Got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. After a quick demo, it's my time to shine. Two screws, dropped one. Getting these screws on is tricky. There. So that one goes there. So have you come up with any Kaizen there you can think to make it uh, easier to build? The screw thing is a bit... It's a bit fiddly. Yeah, there was a way, to pick two. Picking up two is quite difficult. You know, I shake slightly because I'm so old. And then I, I got two on the floor. I don't think Gary trusts me. So I leave him and his team to knock up a Kaizen. Suggestions for Kaizens come from workers throughout the factory. And it seems everyone I meet has one of their own. They're practical. Like making these parts move with the worker. Over the space of 400 cars, it's a yeah. mile of walking, a few seconds yeah. a car. And just saving that, or a yeah. movement like that, if yeah, you can get rid of that, that makes a difference. They're ambitious. This device moves windscreens right next to the car. Previously, it was a manual operation. Now it's completely automated. It saves 6.3 seconds per car. But what amazes me is how minuscule time savings can have a massive impact. So what our Kaizen department came up with for us is a sticker picker. Turn it. So now you can just pick yeah. your sticker up very quickly. Do you want one on your watch? That would be no, not the watch. <laughs> not watch. <laughs> so what this saves, it, it saves 0.3 of a second in, in picking the part. However, we fit 96 to the vehicle. So across the, the shop, that's uh, 28.8 seconds per vehicle. You just work that out. It's right. With all this Kaizen-inspired innovation, I'm intrigued to see how Gary and his team have solved the trouble I was having with the steering wheel screws. I like that already. They've built me a screw dispenser. Give me a push. Ah, oh, look at that. Two. No more than two, no fewer than two. And attaching the screwdriver to this cord means it's exactly where I need it. OK, here we go with the new Kaizen new improved steering wheel thing. Right, this is where it gets interesting. Got this screw. Straight on there. Straight down. Much better. Kaizen! It sounds like he was won over, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I like the call out. I mean, James May <clears throat> has a way of bringing it to life and yeah. you can obviously see and hear the um, effects that those uh, improvements are having within Toyota, uh, within Toyota from a practical perspective. What I think is interesting, Mike, is how you and I have explored how Kaizen might impact our mindfulness, our approach to our daily habits. Then what we're hearing in that clip there is the impact it can have across the board when everybody is working to this uh, approach and methodology, suddenly the impact, or sorry, the output, I should say, is enormous when you factor in all of the different individuals working on a minuscule uh, improvements each day. Yeah, you you really get a sense of how to solve a big challenge, like how do we make building a car easier, mm. break it down into small things and chip away at it. And the parallel with life 
if you wanted to embark on building a house, doing your first marathon, start small. This, this technique has to be one of our absolute favorite, uh, most consistent uh, approaches in life that we've discovered through 216 shows when you say that. <laughs> I think you're totally right, Mike. I think this um, approach is definitely, uh, it's a show that is overdue, isn't it? We've probably dug into this idea of the spirit of Kaizen, um, but actually giving it a proper dedicated show, I think is demonstrating how much you and I really, really value this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really wonderful. I, I am uh, slightly uh, I have been tipped off as to what you you like, which is small <laughs> questions and small rewards. But I will I will confirm: is that the thing you're going to go for? Asking these smaller questions. You know what? I think it really, really is. Uh, I appreciate the um, value of going after those big, hairy, audacious goals. Of course, um, and obviously, we've done a whole series. If listeners and members want to check it out on productivity and goal setting, but I think Mike starting small asking those small questions and then giving myself those small rewards along the way will help me a stay in the moment, but also b hopefully work towards that great big outcome. What about you? What's standing out from the spirit of Kaizen? Um, well, you know, the, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm such a disciple of Kaizen these days. The thing that I really thought that um, the clip that Productivity Game did around it bypasses the um, fight or flight response, mm. that was sort of the closing of a loop for me. That was of understanding. I was like, ah, I know small kind of work, starting small to get big results and repeating over time. But the science of don't let your fight or flight response kick in, I was like, Oh, that's why it works. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the fight or flight um, challenge is something obviously that we all have. And certainly as I've shared on the show, something that I've probably contended with a lot, as I'm sure we all have, but it's reassuring uh, as well as pleasing to see it come back again. Yes. Yeah, isn't it? Kaizen being a method to stay grounded, I think it is, as well as we heard from Rob Mara staying present in the moment mm. so that you don't freak out over those uh, potential failures, i.e. I'm not, I haven't got that six pack in six weeks or I don't have, I'm not rich overnight. <laughs> reassuring. Well, well, there you go. It is good to, to see you at the end of this show feeling reassured and I hope you, our listeners and members are feeling such as well. Here on show 216, we have been studying Robert Mora and the spirit of Kaizen. Who would have thought that one book had so much to give? And it started with this whole idea of understanding that Kaizen is good change, positive change consistently, whether you're talking about your personal or professional life. And Robert gave us an invitation to enjoy those small moments to be here and enjoy the now. Because if we do this, it's so easy to be 1% better every day. And we can do that by asking small questions and giving small rewards to avoid that fight or flight response. So whether you are trying to run tomorrow or whether you're Toyota building the cars of the future, 
you can embrace the spirit of Kaizen and you can be part of that journey and learn out loud on the way to the destination of being the very best version of yourself. And that is most definitely what we are all about here on the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.